think we're recording. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Uh, so Sunday evening. Hello. Hello. I always think I'm going to have some other clever <laughs> way of saying hello, but I never do. We are on day three of the advent calendars. Oh yeah. And we don't know what day on the Mickey Mouse one because it's got thirty-two days and it's very confusing. That's true. We bought a third advent calendar because <laughs> we needed more chocolate. <laughs> So, I, yeah, it's a little confusing what we got going on. But we got two locations at the minute, yeah. so everything's confusing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. It's Sunday night, day three of December, or third of December to the normal people. 27, no, 21 more sleeps till Santa. There you go. Is that even correct? 22 more? Yeah. Who knows? You get the point. Santa's coming. So winter's mild so far in Ontario. We have had very little sprinkling of snow, but nothing settled. And I was looking back this time last year, we were already on fat bikes and we already had snow. Yeah. So yeah, so things are a little bit mild this year, apparently. And I was chatting with a couple of people about the fat biking situation and the fact that the groomers have not even started grooming yet and how unusual that is so today we were going to talk about we're probably not going to cover too much on the foraging front today we don't think but today we were going to talk a little bit about some of the other things you can do in the winter time if you're on a normal mountain bike and there's a lot of snow we're not quite there yet so you mean if you don't have a fat bike or if you're not interested in fat biking or you're not really Anywhere sure. where there is any fat biking. Oh yeah, that's a also a great point. There's a few things with this. Last, not last year, the year before, and we were still in a bit of COVID, weren't we, at the time? Probably, tail end. Yeah, so last winter, in November, we got a car, and in December, the catalytic converter got stolen, so we were not able to go anywhere because it was covid it was COVID parts issues, so it when the catalytic converter got stolen, it meant we had no transport for some time. And I was going to say we had no wheels, but technically <laughs> we had lots of wheels, just not car wheels. Car. So the the car wheels. The car was out of action till March, I think. And anyway, I was a little bit panicked because I tend to ride quite a lot, and. One of the things that we did was um, I got a little dirt jump bike and kind of went and rode some urban-y stuff. So I went and did a few cruises in the alleyways and uh, found some of the parks and things. And it doesn't really matter what you're doing. You can just ride down steps or small drops. or It all kind of helps add to your skills. But then when the spring rolled round, having spent some time riding the dirt jump bike and just trying to learn some new skills or polish up on some old ones like riding down steps or bunny hops or uh, wheelies or whatever manuals then as we kind of came into the spring um, we got or I managed to acquire a BMX for you and then as you were very new to mountain biking then, this is two years ago, I think it was uh, quite a good way of you getting a bit of confidence, maybe. Yeah, so this was, like you said, two springs ago. So this was, 
I had only been out on the mountain bike the fall before. <laughs> this is a confusing timeline. Um, I had only been out on the mountain bike a couple of times. So really this was leading into my first proper season of mountain biking. And yeah, you got me the BMX bike for my birthday. I did. Yeah. You <laughs> For my birthday. Put there it was in a, the reef. A card that said, come into the garage. And there she was dangling from the ceiling. Um, so I also had never wrote, ridden a BMX bike before. And so after Jamie was spent all winter practicing, you did a lot of bunny hops that summer or summer winter. Yeah. I remember you coming home so many times <laughs> telling me how high you were getting or showing a little video. Um, which was also another good move is that you would sometimes maybe set up a camera to see how you were doing it what you could correct maybe or try differently and how high you were going yeah that just the reason for the video is to make well not make sure is to see if you practice on your own or even if you ride with a friend then if someone videos you doing something like rolling off of a drop off or doing a jump or a bunny hop it's often easier to put right the mistake you're making when you can see the mistake you're making so yeah. for example you bunny hop over something that's two inches high you feel like you're 10 foot in the air but then you realize <laughs> that you're not so yes and I didn't you put that much better than I I was I guess just trying to say it's a way of like visually giving you some feedback so that you can like yeah. you said improve um so yes that was my first time ever on a bmx bike and you got me doing some things that i think were quite beneficial for me then eventually getting onto the mountain bike yeah i think when you first do drops in the woods for example or even jumps in the woods it can be quite intimidating but if you've if you've already ridden off of a set of stairs or you know if there's something landscaped with a you know like a w small wall or something or even a curb if you've never dropped off anything it doesn't matter what it is you can kind of progress but in any kind of park or town or city or industrial estate you can always find something that resembles something that you find on the trail and even if that's learning how to preload your fork to get up a curb well then preloading your fork to get up a curb is the same technique as preloading your fork to get over a route when you're going up an awkward climb or something so I think it's just taking what's around you and trying to adapt it to your riding, I suppose. You're clever that way. Mm. <laughs> I misspent youth as a kid in a paper round. Um, it served you well. Yeah, it has done me reasonably well. Um, <laughs> it's now serving me well. So what else were we going to talk about? I One thing I was thinking about was one of the, one of the things that I found quite useful to help me improve a couple of techniques that I was struggling with so in England a lot of our mountain bike trails are wide and all of them but a lot of them some of the mountain ones aren't and one of the things I've noticed over here is even in built-up areas so even on something like the Don Valley the trails tend to be right on the edge of not a cliff but deep slope they're steep slopes and very narrow so and I've struggled a bit sometimes with the narrowness just the um, picking the right route I suppose so one of the things I was practicing on that dirt jump bike was one of the schools near us has quite spectacular sets of stairs up to the doors um, so I was trying to ride along one way one stair down one then along down along down along 
cool. So maybe, and it took me a whole, like a two hours one evening to get it clean from top to bottom without putting my foot down. So my point is, is that you can just practice these skills by finding something, even if it's two planks of wood on the ground. Yeah, well, what did you have me doing in those parking things. I was, well, riding over them, so lifting your front wheel and then moving your weight forward, but then also trying to balance along them. There was something else in between them, but anyways, that was long ago. Um, but I had definitely, you know, never ridden down any steps before, ever, or even just something as simple as, yeah, there was like um, a very skinny, raised piece of cement kind of curb-like yeah. thing, and... Uh, we kept going over and over and over again, like how far we could get along it. And I think eventually, you know, once or twice, I made it all the way. Get but, to the end. Um, you know, with grass on, on one side, um, like you say, a little bit less intimidating or maybe more familiar surroundings than um, in the bush, you know, by a steep slope that someone's never done before. Yeah, and it's funny things like that uh, school I was talking about. You, there's, a, you know, you come out and you turn right. You go along the side of the tennis courts. It's on a, like a slope. It's like like crazy paved bit. Mm-hmm. And there's a few slippery bits because it's a bit muddy. But it's weird because you ride on there and you're like, oh, this is risky. But it's not compared to any mountain bike <laughs> wood that you might ride in. So anyway, it's um, it's quite helpful i think to perfect those skills and then well the other place that we went was the bayview bmx park which i think has been open for 10 years plus that's what i graduated to one day eh? after my city training yeah so (laughs) you took me to the park i think we had a bit of a you know a fairly good spring week so it dried out a bit and then we got the car back so we went to Bayview BMX Park which is not too far away from where you work right yeah you had your first go at getting a bit of air I think I did which was quite strange again like I it was so new to me I'd never done that and riding those berms uh, the moguls was uh, probably the easiest thing for me to do in that pumping. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the pumping part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting both my wheels off of the ground and not like landing in a nosedive or um, I know sometimes I would like kick my back tire up somehow <laughs> like I was bucking. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was a great place to just get the feeling of it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you know, the the thing is with it, you have, you know, your first time you do it, you have your front, you know, you land front first, then you land back first, then you land perfectly, and then you then spend the next 10 jumps trying to figure out how you landed perfectly. The other thing it's good for is berms as well, because it, I don't think... If you've never ridden berms before, it's a really good, safe place to try and figure out how to take corners at speed using these man-made banked turns, I guess. Yeah, and it was a really sweet little location, again, for a first-timer like myself. It was not too big, like pretty a small little track, um, but not too intimidating. And there was a pile of kids there, and it was just, uh, yeah, not too busy, Um it was a great experience. It was funny. There was four or five teenagers, and we were all just taking it in turns, weren't we? Yeah. And the best rider out of them had the worst bike, which was even more amusing. And they were rooting each other on, and it was great. Yeah, it was positive. Quite. Super positive. Um, and it's like a little oasis. I mean, you can see the office buildings from there, but it's uh, 
it's pretty close to green tranquility isn't it like yeah. it's surrounded by trees and it's quite quiet um next to a church and a sports complex but i'll put a link in for a bayview bmx park in you know the- what that all being said i'm i have i know we weren't going to talk very much about uh any wild edibles on this episode but if my memory serves me correct from two and a half almost three years ago i do recall there being a bit of a stream nearby that i thought would be an excellent spot for some mushrooms so if you are headed that way maybe take a little wander into and the a gander. Blessed Trinity Catholic School, maybe <laughs> in their grounds. <laughs> maybe. Perhaps. And then, yeah, one other thing I just wanted to mention. I, during the winter, and was that last winter or the winter before? I'm not sure, but I joined Joyride. No, it was the winter before because yep, we got two fat years bikes. Ago. Yeah. I joined the Joyride 150, which is the uh, indoor bike park that is um, in Markham. And it's pretty big i mean they boast multiple kilometers of indoor trails and um you know they have multiple rooms they also have a bike shop uh called the boiler room which i think ebbs and flows with its stock depending on what time of year it is but i went i mean i only went a couple of times and it's quite busy in the winter but it is a good place to go if you just want to you know learn to practice a few little skills like there's some good jumps and everything and it's wood so even if you wipe out on wood it's a lot softer than dirt and certainly a lot softer than concrete so um they build a lot of wooden ramps with some spring in them so you can kind of hit them a few times although i do suggest wearing knee pads if you go because you can end up with burns and splinters comfortable lovely combo wooden ramps but yeah check out um check out joyride it's a it's an interesting place i think it's worth going to at least once but we actually then ended up with two fat bikes and i think i think that was it really i don't i just lost my enthusiasm from for being indoors i think any chance to get out for me that was that was that so but i'll put it winter idea though but again that winter we had no vehicle no we didn't so i definitely knew where what you were planning what you were up to but then we had that unfortunate situation which um made it a little bit difficult for you to get there we did and then the other thing i think we're thinking about and actually we were discussing this this evening when we were out is getting into night riding and it's tough when it's wet and cold but once the snow comes and the trails freeze and in regardless of if you've got a fat bike or not if you've got a bike that's got wide enough tires then getting out in a place you know really well with a couple of lights on and probably i mean i do go on my own but it's probably best to do it with somebody um a bit more responsible to do it a couple of you especially when it gets cold but if you go to a place you ride a lot and there's a good dose of snow and even better if it's been um groomed then Sticking a couple of lights on and getting out for a night ride on your fat bike is probably, I would say, a good way of spending an evening, as far as in comparison to the boiler room. I can't wait to experience a night ride, on a particularly bike. in the winter. Though. On the snow. Yes, I'd say that sounds rather whimsical. I mean, fat biking in the daytime in the snow is pretty whimsical, but I imagine it's a whole other level of magic in the evening yeah i would agree and then as far as like winter getting yourself in shape or trying to 
not lose fitness. Get back into some kind or get a head start on the new season. You had a couple of thoughts, I think, or you had a thought. We or we were discussing a thought earlier. If um, you have a garage or a place, you know, where you could Yeah, an extra room or well any old little bit of space for one of those kitchen. Uh, <laughs> for one one of those retro stationary bikes. Yeah, I think there's a lot of um misconception around or Maybe that's not the right word, but a lot of myths around. So there's a few things. One is the road cyclist. If you have a road bike and a lot of road cyclists have turbo trainers or Swift now, which links into your computer so you can race other people virtually or whatever. So that's kind of fine. Um, I'm not knocking Swift, but the outlay for a Swift setup is, is hundreds of dollars. And you also then tie up a bike onto a trainer, which is not the end of the world, but it it does nonetheless tie up a bike onto a trainer. Um, I, in the past, when I was road cycling a lot, used rollers. But the trouble with rollers is with a mountain bike, you need to put a um, thinner tire with no tread. Otherwise, you'll annoy your neighbours because the noise is so loud. (laughs) Also, if you've never ridden rollers before, eat. You honestly don't just hop on and go for it. Your brain plays all kinds of tricks on you because you're trying to steer, but the steering doesn't really make any difference. You just have to get your balance right. And again, like for road riding, it's excellent, but I'm just, I've never really been quite 100% sure of the benefits for a mountain bike. And then you got things like the Peloton, where people buy these like super expensive uh, spin machines that. You know, cost a fortune and are centrally controlled or you can do workshops whatever and again they're great but you're tying up thousands of dollars in something that is you know um you're going to use maybe you know for four months of the year or something and they're heavy and they take up a lot of space so the thing that people don't realize is that just spinning pedals is not often enough or just doing something so i was thinking how about a $20 Kijiji <laughs> retro find? And guess who found one? So we might be using a $20 Kijiji. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's one step up from getting it from the the dump, maybe. <laughs> Don't um, knock it till you try it. No. So, yeah, we'll see what we get. I mean, we can probably put some resistance on it. like Get some bricks or something. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get creative. But just offering another thought or option but doing half an hour and there's not you know like you can go on millions of you can go on millions of youtube channels there's loads of information about how to train in the winter but just going and doing 30 minutes of spinning your legs three or four times a week will make a massive difference and if anybody's ever in any doubt about what you need to do there is a man called graham obery who broke the hour record and a few other things and he trained on a very, very old school exercise bike. And his point was that just spinning your legs at maximum spin rate for an hour, multiple hours a day, was enough exercise to be able to be fit enough to actually be the fastest person in the world over an hour. So um, if you don't know who Graham Obery is, again, I can put a link in, but if you Google uh, him and just look into some of the things he did, then you'll see that not always the best equipment is necessary to I guess, do some cool things. I guess another one of the reasons why this came up, uh, well, is definitely because winter is upon us and 
I think we both get a little nervous that we're not going to get out to the bush as much or, or yeah, that our fitness level is going to suffer a little bit and then it's, you know, harder to come back from that. We, you know, like to maintain a little bit and, and we just enjoy it. But also for me in my uh, recovery state here, that was another reason why we thought of it was to just get my legs moving and in a very safe way that I'm sure my physiotherapist would approve of, (laughs) unlike some of the other moves. (laughs) Yeah, like riding full stop. On the Bruce Trail. Uh, The the green part of the Bruce Trail. Ish, greenish. Yeah, and I think for me, you know, just putting something on YouTube and or watching a series or something for half an hour I was going to say, you could even listen to this podcast. <laughs> I might not want to listen to myself, though, to be honest. I have to well, listen to you. it six times when I edit it. Not but you, you could listen to it while you're yeah, while you're spinning in your garage. So we'll give you a bit of an update on that as well. I keep promising, but I mean, we're hoping that next week we might get out and ride again and then it will be more of a normal podcast. Yeah, I think that's that, really, from my point of view. Do you have anything else? More recipes coming this week? Of course. What? I don't know yet, but uh, definitely... You did make a soup tonight that had something from the past in there. I had a... It's pretty much a pine needle soup I made tonight. Not just purely out of pine needles. I realize that that sounds like I'm off my rocker. (laughs) Like I'm off my trainer. (laughs) Um, No, I made a very green soup tonight, but uh, there is... A pine conifer needle pesto. Actually, pine needle pesto sounds better. More peas. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I actually thought I would include this on the website. It was even surprised me with its deliciousness. Maybe you could make a pine needle soup. Like full on? Might be a bit. More like tea. Stra- yeah, that might be true. In fact, that is true. It's, probably it's pretty a much flavor. just a pot of tea. <laughs> Yeah, we did that before to see which pine needles were the ones that. That was how we decided which yeah, no, I pine needles that. we liked the mostest. Yeah, that's true. So, anyways, we'll let everybody uh, get back to whatever they've got to get back to. But those were just a few of our thoughts on sort of getting ready for the winter, getting through the winter, and. Um, getting ready for spring like a few things to think ahead of that is you know if you don't have a fat bike and just a few other ideas for you absolutely well until next time get lost